Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. Can you feel it in the air? The nights are growing longer, getting darker. The stars hide behind a veil of cloud. But there is no need to be upset. The changing of the year is upon us. The darkness grows and the time between times is in its essence. This, my friends, is my favourite time of year. This, my friends, is when the night is full of magic. This is when the ghosts walk the streets. This is when the Talwith Teg show themselves. This truly is the time between times. Thank you so much for choosing to join me here at the fire pit at the heart of the forest for another tale traditionally told. But first, let me thank everyone who has chosen to support me on Patreon or to buy me a Kofi. It is very much appreciated. Anyone who wishes to do that supports the show all the time, helps me bring you more tales in a better way. The links will be in the show notes for all those who are interested. If you can, my friends, please leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. It makes such a difference to the number of people who can join us at the fire pit. So many people become more aware of where to find these traditionally told tales. So thank you if you've done that. And please take a moment, if you can, to do it. I have been really busy. But it's been good. It seems that many people want to listen to tales. So without further ado, why don't we sit back? Why don't we relax? Why don't we close our eyes if it's safe to do so? Take a few deep breaths and imagine in our mind's eye that we are sat in our front room. You've just finished a beautiful cup of tea that warmed your heart. You look outside. It's cold out there. It's getting dark. It seems to be getting darker every night. Earlier. It seems like the day wants to surrender its time to the night. But we don't mind. We stand up. We brush ourselves down and put on our coat. We take a look in the mirror and take a minute to give gratitude for who we are. Wrapped up warm, ready to head out into adventure. The way we look is what we are. So many adventures we've had. So many good times and bad in that skin, with that face. But it's a good thing. You are yourself and be grateful for that. Because you are full of wonder. You walk out the front door. Turn around and lock it behind you and make your way down the path to the road. You stop for a moment 
and watch the cars go whizzing by. All the drivers seemed so distracted, so rushed, so unhappy. But we take a trip out the gate, and who knows where we are heading? Well, we do know. We're heading to the forest. We walk down the road, and there we see it, the forest in front of us, the trees stretching to the sky. For a moment we think we may have lost the entrance to the pathway. But there it is. We set foot on the fallen leaves and look up and see many of them joining their brothers on the floor, floating through the air. This is the time of year for renewal, where old leaves fall and new ones will soon be born. We feel them crunch under our feet. And there in the forest we see it, the old mossy tower. We walk past, heading deeper into the woods. And there we come across the old babbling brook. We set foot in it, and for a second the water flaps over our boot. And our feet become cold. For a moment we feel uncomfortable, but only just for a moment. And then we travel on. And in front of us, we hear the noise of chatter, we see that people have gathered, and there we see the fire pit at the heart of the forest. We are greeted by our friends. We shake hands, we share hugs. We pass the time of day. We are few in number, but strong in aspect. We sit down on the old mossy log and feel the fire crackling, the warmth coming on our hands and our feet. And we look up at the break, the break in the trees, and see both the moon and the sun share the same sky. For now is the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments and just a few moments we can reach into their realm and they can reach into ours. Now is the time that people see lights in the sky. Now is the time that people see the Talwith Teg, the fairies, the Bendith Amamai, the very Volk. Now is the time that the ghosts of ages past walk among us. Now is the time between times. The storyteller stands up and all eyes turn towards him. And he begins his tale traditionally told. And for a few moments... We leave behind our busy lives and walk into the world of magic. Long ago, and far away in the county of Essex, somewhere I now know quite well, there was a house built that was the envy of all around. Hill House, it was called but it was based on a hill, an old hill that went back millennia, a hill in which the giants of old were buried under it, a hill on which battles were fought, a hill on which heroes sought treasure. Hill House, a wondrous work of architecture. Windows by the hundred, 
and towers that stretched to the sky. It was made for a very important man. His name was Thomas Smith, and he was Queen Elizabeth I's ambassador to France. He spent most of his life travelling back and forth from these isles to France on stormy seas, weathering even more stormy seas between the relations of Britain and France. And back in his house lived his daughter Lucy. It was surrounded by great grounds, forests, the woods of Epping with all its myths and legends are only a stone's throw away and a great driveway leads up to the door of Hill House. But our story starts at midnight, on a dark night, in the year 1600, where the mist had fallen like a shroud, and Lucy lay in her bed with many things on her mind. Lucy was as beautiful as the dawn, her brown hair hung in ringlets down past her shoulder. When she smiled, it was like the sun coming out from behind a cloud. But she knew how to use this. Seven brothers lived in the nearby town, the Wentworth brothers. All of them had fought for the Queen. All of them were well-renowned warriors. And all of them were in love with Lucy. She played on this, never choosing one of them, always choosing them in groups, always playing favourites. But on this night, it all started to catch up with her. She heard a noise outside the window, opened the curtain and looked outside. Overlooking the long driveway up to the house, her window give a good view of all the grounds of Hill House. But coming up the road in the dark of night, a small dark shape was making its way towards the front door. She looked again and could not quite believe what she saw. A black dog making its zigzag way up towards the entrance. Lucy watched as it approached the house step at a time, and then looked up, and their eyes made contact. The dog then howled, and its noise sent a shiver down Lucy's spine. She quickly closed the curtains and turned with her back to the window. This was surely a sign. A sign of darkness, a sign of foreboding, a sign that something was coming. She went back to her bed but did not sleep another wink until dawn broke at the time between times and another sound was heard coming up the path. She opened her curtains again and saw a mustard-coloured coach making its way there to Hill House. It stopped below her window and getting out onto the gravel were all seven of the Wentworth brothers, all armed to the hilt and all dressed in their finest. They hammered on the door, and the servants let them in. Lucy got dressed in her finest frock, and after a while made her way down to the great hall where the Wentworth brothers waited. And there they were, all of them, 
together in the same room, all with love in their eyes but darkness in their hearts. The eldest brother stepped forward and addressed Lucy. As you know, all of us, all seven of us, have pledged our love to you. We have given you plenty of time. We have given you plenty of notice. And we have given you plenty of gifts. But still, you will not choose amongst us. We cannot go on with this. So have chosen this day to come forth into this hall in Hill House. Although your father is away, here at dawn, we shall all duel. There can only be one victor. And please, honour that victor with your hand in marriage. Lucy stepped forward in order to stop this madness. But the brothers were soon at it. Swords were drawn and the silence of the great hall was shattered by the ringing sound of blade upon blade as a great battle occurred there in the hall. Brothers jumped on tables, brothers jumped through the air, brothers swung from the curtains, brothers hammered on the door and stepped by the fireplace, and Lucy watched in horror as they battled each other to the death. The battle went on for minutes, and then an hour, and still they fought, steel upon steel. But then slowly and surely they started to fall. The first brother was slain with a sword through the heart. The second fell, and his head was taken from his shoulders. The third tumbled from a table before being slain by the fall. And until finally... Seven brothers became one. The second eldest brother, James, seemed to be the victor. But he was so full of wounds and sorrow and his heart was obviously broken that he crumbled to his knees and fell down dead, his arm outstretched and holding a wedding ring in his hand. He breathed his last. All seven brothers had died in the duel, and Lucy fell to her knees and wept. She never married anybody. There were many other suitors, but she never gained her previous zest, could never smile again, and always cried for this horrible thing that had happened in the great hall in Hill House. But that was not the end of it. You see, when great and horrible deeds are done in locations, they leave a shadow, like as if those deeds will never leave. And this great hall is just the same. Hill House has been many things. A prison, a prisoner of war camp, flats and apartments. But some residents never leave. You see, even now, people are awoken by a noise on the driveway. And they look outside. And the black dog is seen making its way up the path. This black dog was seen before the outbreak of World War I, World War II, and many other foreboding disasters. But if you watch long enough, if you manage to meet the dog's eye and hear it howl into the night, 
you will then see the mustard-coloured coach making its way up the driveway, carrying the fated seven brothers' swords in their hands, all ready to win the heart of Lucy. The great hall is still there, and by a minor miracle, even when a great fire overcame the hall in 1969, its great tapestries miraculously survived, laughing at the flames through the night. But many people have stood in that hall at the time between times, the time it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey and seen seven shadows walk among its recesses, all of them holding swords in their hands and sorrow in their hearts. The seven fated brothers are often seen there, staring at each other, knowing that they will soon commit murder for the love of a lady who could not choose between them. And the haunting of the house on the hill continues to this day. And that, my friends, is another tale at the time between times, from me, Owen, to you. Take care this week, my friends, and join me at Sunday at nine, if you are around, on Twitter Spaces for a live tale. Tell your friends about the podcast. But keep the tales close to your heart. For next week, there will be another. The tales are also available on YouTube now, so should you wish to listen to the story there, you would be more than welcome. Until we gather again, my friends. Nostar. No